You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Everyone is facing these huge, life-changing moments. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. I think it really is important for folks to reach out to people so they can know that they're not alone. We don't know how long all this is going to go on for. And from an emotional standpoint, psychologically, that's a really difficult, difficult thing to grapple with. This is KCBS In-Depth. The process of reopening has been moving forward slowly and steadily for more than a month now. With each passing week, more businesses are opening up their doors, more residents are heading back to the beaches and parks, and for many of us, the return to normal life can't come soon enough. But a recent surge in COVID cases taking place across the country is forcing some counties to reassess their reopening plans and potentially reverse them. I'm Keith Menconi. This is KCBS In-Depth, and today in the program, we're going to take a closer look at the troubling rise in the Bay Area's own COVID case numbers over this past week, what's driving them, why they're happening now, and then a bit later on, we're also going to hear from a public health official about how local governments are responding. The increase in numbers of cases for Alameda County is certainly making us take a close look and move very slowly. First up on the program, though, to get a handle on where these new cases are coming from and just what they mean, we're going to welcome on now once again a familiar voice to KCBS listeners. That would be Dr. Yvonne Maldonado, who is a professor of pediatrics and epidemiology at Stanford University's School of Medicine. Dr. Maldonado, welcome back onto KCBS In-Depth. Yeah, welcome back to get back to the show. Thanks. Glad to have you. So <laughs> it's uh, it's an apparent surge that we're seeing right now, and we are seeing it all across the country, across California, of course, here in the Bay Area as well. Uh, Here, actually, we've seen uh, a couple of days that have been set records for counties and for the region as a whole over the past week for new COVID-19 cases. So just focusing on the Bay Area itself for a second, Dr. Maldonado, do we have any sense of why cases are rising? I don't think there's one answer to that question. And I think, you know, this virus has been very puzzling to us overall, but I, I think there's a, a number of factors. First of all, um, we really never got to a, a, a zero, and all of the measures that we took in March, in particular, were really meant to flatten out the number of cases. And I, it, I, I think the expectation, and I have to include, say that I was one of the people that thought if we can flatten it out enough, perhaps we'll decrease the transmissions enough to get to zero. But, um, but I think. Um, you know, it's very hard to change behaviors. And I don't think we really shut down the way, say, some of the Asian countries did or some of the other countries did, where I think they were able to really enforce in different ways than you can in a country like ours. Um, So, for example, in certain places, people get fined, places really get shut down. I mean, you're literally locked in uh, to you know, your community and et cetera. That's not something that you can do here in the U.S. And combining that with um, different states having different policies, even different regions within states, I think we just wound up with low-level festering transmissions combined with people feeling, um, you know, getting naturally feeling tired of, of sheltering in place and then just starting to feel like they, they're tired of it. Yeah. So I guess bottom line 
there was still some amount of community circulation throughout the Bay Area before we reopened. Now that we're reopening, uh, do you think that the fact that more people are out and about uh, currently, is that one of the primary drivers here? You know, that just happened. So I'm not quite sure if that's it. Um, That might be part of it. I think what's really happened more than anything, frankly, and I don't have, unfortunately, any data to back this up. But I, I I truly believe that if everybody masked all the time when they were out and really socially distanced and used good hand hygiene, I do think that we would see a major drop, whether we were open or not. The way we're open now is not extreme. I would expect if we were socially distancing properly now, we would see some drops drops in the numbers. Uh, so there is something else going on, and I suspect some of it is a second wave, not a second wave, a second type of an, an infectious group. And that are pe- I think those are people who are just not, again, they're tired. They're seeing that 80% of people who get infected are either asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic. And I don't think they see that it's a big risk as much as they thought it was back in January, February. And so I think people are just willing to tolerate potentially getting sick. And what that what happens then is you wind up spreading more disease to people who do get sicker. So this is really a group effort, and public health is really all about protecting yourself, but also protecting others. And it's that other part that um, that I think we're missing right now. Speaking once again to Dr. Yvonne Maldonado with Stanford University School of Medicine. Now, do we have a sense yet, and this may be difficult to tease out, just given how many factors you, you mentioned are at play in this epidemic and its spread, but do we have a sense yet of what role the protests have played in driving this surge that we're seeing right now? You know, it it appears that neither Memorial Day nor the protests seem to have a big impact because generally what you would look for is infections between 7 and 14 days after an event. That's generally been the case. Sometimes it's a little earlier, but certainly 7 to 14 is about right. And we did not see a blip really after Memorial Day. And the protests have been going on now for um, you know over four weeks. And so um, I don't really think those are really related. I think what, what people are seeing, at least if you talk to the county health departments, is there's a lot more transmission going on in backyard barbecues, people getting together. And I think that, again, that's a lesson that we could maybe take home, which is it's okay to get together with family members and have social events, but People should be wearing masks and they should be sitting apart and, you know, distancing and not touching, using the same utensils, etc. You talk about the different ways that different people are reacting. I wonder if you have any thoughts on the different rates that we're seeing in different regions around the Bay Area. There's quite a a spread in terms of the change in the rate that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Santa Clara, Contra Costa, for example, both seeing pretty big surges in their rate of growth, whereas San Francisco, they're actually declining in the rate of COVID spread. Is, Is this just luck of the draw or is there something deeper accounting for this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's messaging and behavior. For example, if you look at the demographics of the Bay Area and the cases, the vast majority of the cases are occurring in the 20 to 50 year age group with a really heavy emphasis on 20 to 30 to 40 year olds. So it's really the younger population where you're seeing the most cases, but um, but the hospitalizations don't always reflect that. So again, um, I think that there may be different messaging in uh, San Francisco, more access to testing. 
um, and, and getting the word out. It's a smaller compressed county where people can, there's more interaction. Alameda um, is just, just got their testing done later on. They're a big county. But, and Santa Clara is the biggest county in the Bay Area, and it's a very diverse, uh, large uh, population and a large space. So it's hard to really get the word out to everybody. Um, I'm just, again, impressed at how uh, how little I'm seeing masking going on. And for many people, I think they think, well, you know, it's still out there, but I, I'm, I'm at low risk and um, less likely to come into contact. And nobody I know is sick. And that's what the kind of the mantra you hear. Uh, from people. So um, one of the biggest factors related to behavior change in general is knowing somebody who has a particular illness. And if you aren't really sick, that is no symptoms or mild symptoms or no, or, or in a low prevalence area, you're just going to think it's really not present anymore. And yet the flip side is that in the hospital, we're still seeing those cases. They're coming in. I mean, we've actually... We don't have a huge surge in our hospital, but we're definitely seeing more cases in the last uh, you know, week or so than we have since March. Yeah. Well, in closing, uh, wondering, you know, we, we are hearing at the state level from Governor Newsom that uh, if these trends continue, he may need to slow or even reverse some of this opening. And we're hearing similar things from Contra Costa County as well. How close, in your view, are we getting to the point where it would be wise to slow down the opening or perhaps even reverse it? Yeah, you know, first I think I think it's going to be difficult. It's always difficult to go back. Um, and so especially now that people are used to being out, um, it may be hard to get, to enforce that. And how do you enforce it if, you know, the whole population just says, I'm, I don't care, I'll do what I want. You, you know, that's going to be tough. But secondly, um, one of the things around w- how close we are is very hard to know. But one thing I do know is that what we saw early on is you would go from, again, a few handful of cases to dozens of cases, and then within two to three weeks, you're seeing thousands. So I think we have to be really careful to watch and, and um, make sure that that trajectory is, is uh, not going up steeply, because once you get to a certain threshold, the R not suggests that you'll just start you'll your doubling time will just start going up and you'll you wind up get taking off really quickly uh, the are not being one measure of the uh, rate of transmission yes so remember in march when we shut down it wasn't i mean the numbers were actually pretty low but they were showing a steep rise which is why it happened and i think that's what uh, the governor has great advisors who hopefully will give him those uh when to pull the trigger yeah All right. Well, an eye-opening interview and uh, uh, plenty of important reminders for all of us along the way. We have been speaking to Dr. Yvonne Maldonado. She, once again, is a professor of pediatrics and epidemiology at Stanford University's School of Medicine. Dr. Maldonado, thank you once again. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth, our weekly deep dive into the events and trends shaping life in the Bay Area and beyond. Today on the program... Our reopening plans have hit a bit of a snag as COVID cases surge throughout the state. So how should we respond? Well, of course, much of the decision of how to respond here in the Bay Area lies in the hands of county governments. So we're going to focus on just one of those counties that's seen a surge in recent days. Alameda County, which saw its highest one-day total of new reported cases so far during this pandemic in just this past week. 
To find out what this will all mean for the county's reopening plan, we are going to welcome onto the program now Dr. Nicholas Moss. He is with the Alameda County Public Health Department, where he directs the Division of Communicable Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. Moss, thanks for being on KCBS In Depth. Thanks, Keith. So before we get into the numbers that we saw in this past week, maybe you can just help us get our bearings in this conversation. Where are we at in the reopening process at this point? What has been reopened and what is up to be reopened next? Well, Alameda County has moved uh, very slowly with reopening really throughout this whole process. Um, As people may know, we were one of the first places to institute a shelter-in-place order, and we've moved very cautiously because we've really continued to see cases of COVID spreading in the community throughout this time. And we are reopening. In fact, our most recent uh, change in the activities that um, we are uh, allowing in the county happened just back on June 19th, where we allowed some Uh, outdoor dining to take place and uh, indoor retail. Um, But we're, you know, in light of continued case increases here and across the Bay Area and across the state, we are going to move very slowly when we consider our next steps. Right. Alameda County, like uh, other counties in the region, is taking this phased approach in which it's taking two to four weeks between any given reopening to give a chance to sort of reassess and see how the last phase of reopening is impacting the case count. So we are getting a little bit of a sense of how the last reopening is working out. We just mentioned that we've seen in Alameda County, as we have elsewhere in California, more case counts in recent days, but case counts are not the whole picture. So as a health official, a health expert, what are the most important indicators that you are watching out for to get a sense of how quickly this virus is spreading? Yeah, and and I would just add that, you know, the most recent case increases that we've seen probably happened a little too early to be from that the openings that happened on June 19th. Uh, It really can take a a week or two to start to see the impact of changes in policy on on case numbers. Um, So they more likely reflect, you know, things that have been happening in in the prior week and month or prior weeks and months. Um, where people are just starting to resume lots of different uh, levels of activity. But you're right that case numbers alone aren't um, the only indicator we look at, uh, and and in part because we've also expanded testing quite a bit in Alameda County, not just the health department, but all kinds of testing providers and clinics. We're up to nearly 3,000 tests performed today from only about 500 in early May. And so with increased testing, we're detecting more cases, which is great. Um, but that uh, uh, also results in increased case numbers. So we also look at how much severe disease we have, and that means looking at how many people are in the hospital every day with uh, COVID-19, you know, how many of those people are in the intensive care unit. And so those are really um, measures of the burden of COVID and the severity of COVID that aren't necessarily tied to how much testing we're doing. 
And so in the sum total, what are all these indicators telling you? I mean, so just to, to, to reiterate one of the points that you just made. So even though we are seeing an increase in the number of cases that we are detecting, we are also doing a better job of detecting cases. So it's a little bit difficult to untangle what exactly that increase means. Although most of the health experts that I'm reading in the paper seem to suggest that the increase that we're seeing is at a level that is greater than you would expect to see just from the increased testing that we're doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, uh, if we had talked a week ago, um, I'd say it was a little less clear, but but no doubt about it. This is a combination of, of increased testing and also uh, likely increased transmission as people are just mixing more. And um, so we, our hospitalization rates have remained very stable and our uh, number of um, people in the intensive care unit have remained very stable in Alameda County. So that's been uh, uh, more reassuring as we've um, looked to open things up. But uh, those indicators can be delayed by a week or more after uh, case rates start to increase. So we don't really know yet whether we're going to see increases in hospitalizations from this most recent wave. Um, and we're watching our data very closely to see. And where are you seeing the cases increase? Uh, in Santa Clara County, where I'm most familiar, uh, they're really concerned about the cases that are spreading through construction sites. There's obviously widespread concern uh, throughout the country for the possibility that uh, these cases surge in assisted living facilities. Where, where are you seeing the surge in cases right now? So we're seeing cases in a number of different settings. And actually, for this most recent wave, we are investigating those right now, collecting all the information about um, people who are impacted to try to get uh, a sense of, of, you know, if the, uh, the epidemic has moved into some new areas in recent days. But um, in general, what we've seen in Alameda County is that, you know, essential workers, people who had to go back to work, um, got to go back to work earlier uh, in the uh, shelter in place uh, period that we've been in that um, some of those workers are, you know, they're working in situations where it's difficult to maintain uh, distance and, and the possibility of spread is a little bit higher. And then also a lot of our transmissions are happening, you know, in households. As you know, in the Bay Area, uh, we have a, you know, an ongoing housing crisis. Lots of um, people live in, in um, crowded living conditions, and that's a place where uh, COVID can spread. And so we're seeing cases just associated with household spread and also uh, workers who were, um, who've already gone back to work. And um, we certainly continue to see an impact of COVID in our uh, nursing homes that, that you refer to. Uh, we um, we uh, have a, a team here in Alameda County who's job is just to work with those facilities and make sure we're helping them uh, prevent and respond to COVID. So that, you know, that also continues to be a source of, of transmission. All right. Well, I just want to remind any listeners that may just be joining us that uh, this is KCBS in depth right now. We're talking to Dr. Nicholas Moss with the Alameda County Public Health Department about the reopening effort as a troubling surge in cases has occurred uh, throughout the Bay Area and throughout California as well. And I guess just to maybe sum up the feeling that a lot of folks are having at this particular moment, I mean, I think everyone expected there to be a certain amount of surge in cases as the reopening effort uh, happened. But if we're talking about numbers that are reaching the levels before the lockdown even started, 
it feels like we're back to square one on all this. Is, is that a little bit too pessimistic or, or is that feeling warranted? Well, I, you know, it's, it's no doubt about it. It's very serious. And, and as we've all learned, COVID-19 is, uh, you know, spreads very easily. And uh, I think what we're learning right now is that, you know, if we're not really careful with how we reopen and we're not making sure to use face coverings and maintain those, you know, physical distancing limits, six feet, as, as um, we've been saying in, you know, in public health, uh, that it really can spread very easily. But I don't think we're back to square one because, you know, we've learned a, a huge amount in these recent months and we have um, uh, a lot more uh, people in, in uh, public health across the state and across the country who are, you know, working to help contain COVID. And um, so we, we're, we're working from a much stronger position now um, and also at the same time, you know, we we're just testing much, much more than we were back in those early days. And we really don't know how much COVID was spreading. And we're still working on learning exactly how extensive um, the spread was in the early days. But we know it's more than what we saw in our um, published case counts. So, you know, I think also you have to interpret the numbers um, in, in light of the, the fact that we're just much better at detecting cases now. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. We need to do a better job getting testing to, you know, the people who are most likely to be exposed. And we certainly need to do, you know, continue to do a, a, a better job or continue to improve our efforts to get people who have COVID into isolation or if they're exposed into quarantine and, and, and safely um, just so we can uh, prevent further spread. Hmm. And uh, just just uh, very briefly, because there's a lot more that we have to cover, what are the areas that have been most or what are, what are the populations rather that have been most difficult to reach with testing? Is it homeless populations? Is it folks that uh, are uh, not non-English speakers? What, what what has been the biggest challenge? We're still uh, looking at all the data on all the tests. We now get information on tests that are done. Um, that are that are negative, where people don't have COVID, and we're still looking at all the information. But it, you know, we see uh, the greatest burden of COVID in our communities of color in Alameda County, Latinx communities, um, also uh, African African Americans are disproportionately impacted, and certainly um, from a severity s- uh, standpoint, older adults. Um, but so we want to reach into communities where, um, you know, people are most impacted. And I'd say we've we've made great improvements on that in Alameda County under um, the leadership of um, our testing team uh, here. But um, we want to do more. We want to deliver more testing to those most impacted communities. And we also want to make sure workers in facilities like um, the uh, uh, nursing facilities we discussed and um, other um, essential uh, businesses that they have access to the testing they need. Uh, so there are certainly areas where we, we could do more. Mm. All right. Speaking once again to Dr. Nicholas Moss with the Alameda County Public Health Department. So now I want to get to what our response to this return in high numbers of COVID cases should be. Obviously, we have said the whole way through that this reopening effort is conditional on a, a number of factors, uh, conditional on the, the, the notion that we will be able to keep the spread of this virus under some semblance of 
control. So based on the numbers that we've seen in this past week, is that throwing into question the reopening effort? Uh, I know that there is not a specific date yet for when the next phase of reopening in Alameda County is going to take place. So the next phase, we're talking about things like indoor dining, salons, barbershops. Uh, we, we, we don't know when that is going to be yet, but is, is it possible that that could really push things back substantially or even force us to maybe close things that are currently open? Well, no doubt about it. We are going to uh, proceed very slowly and cautiously because we want to protect our, our vulnerable communities and we want to protect, um, you know, the healthcare system from being overwhelmed. So we look at uh, the number of cases and the rate of cases across the county. Um, as well as those hospitalizations that we were discussing earlier. We also look at our, the preparedness in our hospitals to uh, uh, manage um, a surge in COVID cases, you know, make sure they have enough beds, making sure that they have enough equipment to protect their staff. And we also wanna make sure that here in the health department, we are continuing to add staff who can do contact tracing um, and that we're continuing to uh, build uh, partnerships with um, uh, community organizations that can help support that effort. And so we, we look across all of those indicators when we make decisions about reopening. But um, the, the increase in numbers of cases for Alameda County, like you know many parts of the country right now, is certainly making us take a close look and, and, and move very slowly. So is a reversal a possibility? Is that anywhere within the realm of possibility? Uh, I don't know if a reversal would be our next step, but it's always a possibility that we would reverse some aspects of, of um, you know, what activities we are allowing with the health officer orders in order to you know, safeguard public health. I think we would really uh, want to avoid that and, and, and really focus more on just moving more slowly and making sure that um, we're able to absorb some of the cases that we're seeing with uh, increased, um, you know, increased mixing of people. I don't think we're close to any uh, uh, reversal point as of today, but you know we're going to look every every day at these indicators um, and weigh them. And then the other thing that we need to do is we just you know we need to make sure that we're communicating with with people in our communities that face masks, face coverings are going to be really effective. Maintaining that physical distance is going to be really effective, and really limiting those situations where you're gathering and interacting with people to those essential activities. All of those things will help us, you know, contain the spread without having to take steps back in terms of shelter in place. Uh, just to close things out, uh, your, your, your final thoughts. I mean, you mentioned a moment ago that we are not back at square one, despite these troubling numbers. Uh, there, there has been obviously a lot of work done to boost our preparedness and to boost our capacity to respond to this virus. I mean, just give us your closing thoughts on how, how how big of a difference that will make if we do see a, a continued resurgence of COVID-19 this summer? What what will we be able to do in practical terms that we were not able to do before? Yeah, again, I think it's really our ability to detect cases and, and work with people to keep from exposing other people. Um, and so, of course, that, that goes to the testing and the, uh, the contact tracing. And also, I think we're learning more about the most effective ways to, um, you know, to limit activities. And so, you know, we might be able to point to, to, to the places where people are most likely to spread COVID and focus on those if we have to restrict more. And lastly, it's the face coverings. You know, we weren't, we weren't relying on face coverings at the beginning, but they can have a real, real impact 
in preventing the spread of COVID. All right. Well, a lot of progress made, but still a lot of uncertainty ahead. We have been speaking to Dr. Nicholas Moss with the Alameda County Public Health Department. Once again, he serves there as Interim Director of the Division of Communicable Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. Nicholas Moss, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Keith Manconi. Be well. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS.